0: It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme tonight... Brigitte Hedden-Curtain from the award-winning Burren Smokehouse in Varna in County Clare joins us to tell us about how she ended up moving from her native Sweden to Ireland and I zoom in to Barbados to talk to Laura Bonner, founder of the Muff Liqueur Company in Donegal, and yes, you did hear correctly, I did say Barbados. But before we hear from our guests, Brigitte and Laura, a reminder that you can make contact by emailing me, s.noonan at live.ie, or you can tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation, and I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So in many homes during the fast of season, Christmas would not be Christmas. Without certain foods. The turkey and ham are, of course, the most obvious in most households, but in my family growing up, smoked salmon was always a favourite staple at this time of the year. And in Ireland, the award winning Burren Smokehouse in County Clare is synonymous with the best smoked salmon in the country, in my humble opinion. And I spoke to founder Brigitta Hedden Curtain earlier today to find out how she ended up in Ireland from. Sweden and to hear more about the Burren Smokehouse story.
1: Bon appetit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm.
0: Birgitta, it's great to talk to you today. You're in a very busy office there up in Liston Varna in the Burren Smokehouse. This is probably one of the busiest times of the year for you.
1: Yeah like we do 50% of our turnover for Christmas and it's all condensed into a few weeks so we, we do work towards it and leading up to it but um, yeah but it's we like Santa elves you know.
0: <laughs> well, well before we hear a bit more about the different products and everything that you do there and, and how people can get their hands on them this Christmas. I'm sure a lot of people ask you the same question that I'm asked a lot because I'm not from West Limerick. It's like, how did I end up in West Limerick? So you're from Sweden originally, and I'm sure people want to know, well, how did you end up in Liston Varna, of all places, in County Clare in Ireland?
1: Yeah, coming from the east coast of Sweden, uh, so two of my sisters had been to Ireland, and they brought music back, and they brought beautiful pictures back, and things like that. So, I when I've just done my leaving search, I wanted to go and experience the uh, west coast of Ireland and the Celtic countries and traditional music. So uh, I took off and um, uh, t- kind of did a, did a gap year. So traveled through Scotland, uh, actually Wales, Northern Ireland, and into Donegal. And we were looking for traditional music, and it was August, I think, and we, there wasn't really that much music around in Donegal, where we were somehow. And uh, we met some Swedish people and said, we're looking for traditional music, where can we go? And said, go to Varna So they were thinking, this is 1981, right? So they were thinking they had heard about the Varna uh, Music Festival. So we went down to Varna and um, realised that actually, well, Know it wasn't there was a certain amount of music, but Doolin was the place to go to. So, but but before we headed off to Doolin, we went into this little pub called the Roadside Tavern, uh, and um, inside was a man called Peter Curtin. (laughs) At the time, (laughs) I was not aware of that this was going to be my future husband, but anyway, that's the way it went, and uh, so we stay, I stayed around a bit longer than expected in, in in around the area, but we were on travel, so we continued on. And then, you know, we come back, so over several years, and um, we got married in uh, 1989, 32 years ago. Wow.
0: So it's, there we
1: are. That's my story.
0: It's such a lovely, romantic story, and I'm I am actually very intrigued by the fact that you said about you met other Swedish people up in Donegal. <laughs> was Ireland one of those destinations for Swedish people. Was it popular in the 80s for Swedish people It really people to visit? was.
1: You know, I think there was a, you know, special thing about, you know, the, the West Coast traditional Irish music was uh, very pop- popular, you know, and um, it was one of the places to go to, really. Um, so, you know, it was, it was uh, and the West Coast, you know, to, to see the real Ireland, you uh, there was some, you know, other nationalities as well, of course. I mean, it was quite international. Even back then, you know, you have a lot of German, French uh, visitors. But yeah, no, the Scandinavians went over like myself.
0: And you met Peter in the Roadside Tavern, which is actually that's his family's pub. It's been in his family for for generations now. But to carry on that romance then, I know like it was hard enough for me to carry on a romance and I was only up in Belfast coming down to West Limerick. So to have a number of oceans separating you and at that time, the flights must have been pretty expensive as well.
1: Yeah, they were. But I also, I I think um, at some stage, when I got my first Volvo, you know, beautiful 1964, it was fantastic. So I drove, it would take three, three days and three nights Coming over to um, to from the east coast of Sweden to the west coast of Ireland, faced the Atlantic. And when I came as far as you know, I took a few ferries. There was ferries going between um, very sustainably. I traveled very sustainably. So there was a, a ferry going from Gothenburg to um, what is it? Uh, the east coast of uh, of uh, England, and then we took strandrail long. If we went through Northern Ireland, or if we would have you know Holyhead. So there was a lot of a lot of uh, travels like that, and coming just coming down from Galway and seeing the, the limestone mountains, it was like kind of, oh I'm nearly home, I'm nearly there, you know, amazing and corkscrew hill up and it was just uh, different times, great times, you know, I, fantastic times.
0: I can remember my now husband saying to me one night. Um, I was in with his mother and father this is just when it, we weren't going out with each other very long and michael's dad asked me do you like driving and i said no not really and michael said well you better get used to it so you obviously enjoyed driving to spend three days because i've often said to michael if the m50 hadn't been there and a lot of that m7 hadn't been there forget it it would have gone nowhere i just wouldn't have made the effort so hats off to you, three days, that was love and that was dedication. Well, I
1: suppose that also I saw it, you know, it went, I had my car with me and also I saw it as a, as a bit of a, you know, a trip. You know, it was pleasant enough now to, as long as I wasn't under, you know, I wouldn't have been under pressure, you know, to get there from, in the, you know, in a fast fashion. So, yeah, I mean, there was lots of, of course, flying, flying, um, and later on, with the children going back and forth to Sweden, would be mainly flying. So, you know, but it was early days. It was a sustainable travel.
0: Absolutely. So, and now you have a sustainable business. So how did you end up starting the smokehouse, the Burren smokehouse?
1: Well, it was really an inspiration from the east coast of Sweden because we I grew up on a farm. We were completely self-sufficient. And uh, one of the things we did was uh, that I really enjoyed... Was fishing, so we fished for eel and we got it smoked in the local smokehouse. The traditional fishermen, they like it's a tiny smokehouse, and uh, whatever they you know smoke their catch. And we we were allowed to bring in our eels with them. We knew them very well, you know. It was a uh, good community, and um, but they sold all their produce basically direct to consumers. Smoked once a week, they still do. The, the sons of the father who was smoking our eel. Uh, is still smoking. Now he's in his seventies. But uh you know, so Swedish tourists, you know, coming to or summer guests, you know, people coming for summertime uh to their houses out in the archipelago would go down and buy the fish. And what they didn't sell directly from the smokehouse, they would have sold in farmers market in, in and in Shopping and Oksuson, so nearby two two cities. So that kind of thing of selling direct consumers and a small batch and you know, very well produced and and smoked, uh, hand smoked, you know, that was really part of our inspiration. Now, when we did um, go for, like we would, I suppose, be medium, we be bigger than that, but still that concept of using the very best of raw materials, local, local produce, like we only, we've always used 100% Irish salmon, uh, whether it's wild, organic, and the mackerel trout, eel, everything from around us. And we wanted, you know, we were, I suppose, lucky to live in this Navarna, Even though it was the middle of nowhere, it's because of the Cliffs of Mohar, uh, it's in the center of universe. So that we could, it was a, like the the concept was possible to have where we were. And it was actually much easier, you know, in a way to survive on, like, food tourism than there would be if we had opened up, a, which we were not interested in anyway. We, we didn't want to have, like, mass production and big production. And, you know, for us, it was more quality standards and i think that if you go too too big you know you might lose some of that i mean you just have to guard your processes and your where you get your uh, fish from and just only use the very best the superior quality and irish organic so that's what we're we're using uh all the time now
0: i've been at um the odd awards dinner and your products have featured on the menu and Sometimes it'll say it's the hot smoked Irish organic salmon from the Smoke smokehouse and whenever it lands somebody at the table might say I thought this was meant to be hot and I have to say well no actually it's hot smoked. So just tell us the difference between cold smoked salmon and hot smoked salmon.
1: So the cold smoked salmon would be like when people say smoked salmon, that's what you think of the texture. The you know you can slice it really thinly. So they're smoked just under 35 degrees Celsius. Around we we everybody spoke of their own uh, recipes, but we we smoke it around 30 degrees Celsius, and it means that there's no full coagulation. It holds together. It's cooked. It's more cooked than the uh, uh, gravad lax that is also you know cured, but it's it's less cooked like than. Uh, a salmon darn or you know barbecued salmon um and that's that's the, you know the completely different texture and taste experience so the hot smoked compared to the hot smoked. so the hot smoked is done at 85 degrees celsius fully cooked it's a much faster process the cold smoking takes 16 hours the hot smoking takes eight hours so half the time and it's high temperatures uh, it's like you know the texture it would for people that are not really into fish as much they really love the hot smoked. i've often had converted people say oh sorry i'm not really into smoked salmon or fish really but I just taste this hot smoke because it's a very safe texture you know it's fully cooked it's it's it has you know it's meaty it's actually meaty flavor uh, with the fish <laughs> but so and people have said oh yeah actually I really like that. Yeah, I can do that, and they'd be delighted because they want to eat fish, but they don't really have had a you know something. That they feel that they could, and I think salmon is there's a, almost like a sweetness about it. Salmon is a good fish for people that are not into fish, you know. Absolutely. So it, yeah. it has a, a, yeah. So the hot smoked and people, some people like fifty percent of people want hot smoked. Fifty percent cold smoked and that's what they're really passionate about and an awful lot of people want boats and different locations and you know even the recipes you can combine uh the hot smoked and the cold smoked pot and salmon you know with a bit of dill and a bit of cold a few flakes of cold smoked on top of it and so you know there's it's very very versatile both of them are very versatile So
0: they come in different varieties now where you have different flavor combinations
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's really been through the likes of the Great Taste Award, Blossner Heron, and all these awards that we kind of say, oh, we want to do something different. Let's do, you know, a a different flavor. So the honey, lemon, and dill, honey, whiskey, and fennel, honey, lemon, and pepper. It's, you know, things that we will kind of come up with creatively and felt that, oh, yeah, now that works. Tested it on our customers, so people that come to the visitor center would get a taste, and that's or I might be out in shops doing tastings and It's a really good opportunity to say, what do you think of this? Does that work? So we've kind of built a range and that makes us, I suppose, a little bit different as well. So, yeah.
0: And when you first started, I presume you didn't have a website day one, that that was something that came over time. So,
1: 1996 was our first static website, but you could, there was contact details, you could email from, that was it. But we were early uh, enough, like 196 was early because I suppose we built a lot of our trade from people visiting and said, "Oh, we love your salmon. I'm from Germany, I'd love to have it for Christmas. Could you send it to us? Said, okay, we'll look into that. And that's how our private mail order really started. And um, so we contacted the UPS and started sending it uh, within Europe. And then you know, we, it was more people that con- came to see us and we kept their contact details and kept talking to them um, for Christmas. And then I suppose the website was a sink, you know, you could get a kilo or 500 gram. And now we have, you know, hampers and baskets and other produce from around us in the borough, So we can send a beautiful Sanctola, award-winning Sanctola gold cheese, our neighbours down the road, support them and they support us. And... Um, you know, it's all about collaboration, really. And we have the Alba caves uh, Gouda, it's, uh, really comes in different flavors. Also, very, very beautiful and award-winning. And um, and of course, Gobineau is a classic. You know, like the green cheese. And then crackers from Sheridan's. You know, maybe a bottle of sparkling. You know, maybe a bit of champagne or you know whatever. So we we have a different combinations of 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 products and hampers and then but in the end of the day people what we sold most is, is the cold smoked salmon hot smoked salmon and combinations of them
0: it is a great item to have in the fridge it has a great shelf life and for for me growing up at christmas we always would have had smoked salmon in the fridge and you mentioned all the different recipes and ways that it can be used for for example canapes and then of course you know we do let's be honest we all eat a lot at christmas So to sit down to a lovely breakfast of smoked salmon, maybe with scrambled eggs, it's quite a refreshing and it's just not it's it is indulgent, but it's not like an overindulgent sort of breakfast.
1: Absolutely not. Like it's superfood, really. The omega-3-6 oils, the... Vitamin A and D. You know, you couldn't have a better breakfast. And you know, I think the combination with eggs, whether it's scrambled or in an omelette, or um, you know, with um, poached. You know, they are all really good, beautiful combinations. And but it's also so handy. You don't have to do any cooking. You just, you know, you can like kind of heat it up a little bit in the in the omelette. The last thing you do, you put in on the. Um, salmon, and it just heats up a little bit, warms it up. And, uh, but also like, you know, if you have it in the fridge, you have visitors coming, all you have to do is just bring it out, put in a bit of brown bread and some dill, you know, some garnish and maybe um, creme fraiche, whatever, a little sauce, you know, and and it's done. And then you're ready, you know, it just, it's just very, very convenient. And then you can go into, you know, Playing around with with a lot of recipes, so we have a lot of recipes on uh, the website that you can go into and um, have a look at. So we we're working with a lot of chefs, so like the likes of Neville McGuire, he's an incredible supporter of us, and we do supply him in in McNein Restaurant, but he also comes up with great recipes. And uh, so we, we some of I think we have a leak tart on on um, um on our website that you can you can go in and. Uh, get the recipes that he's kindly shared with us. So, you know, it, it just, yeah, it's it's very versatile and and um, great fun as well, you know. But, um, and you can do, like the hot smoked can be used for more of a kind of a uh, full meal, you know, like you just heat it up a little bit in maybe a few minutes and have it with potatoes. So, hey, we have a recipe in the Roadside Tavern where it's there with Kulkanan and stir-fried veg, pak choy Irish-grown, a uh, bit of a cream mustard sauce, and then there's the hot smoked salmon on top of it. So you can do a lot of fun things, you know. Um, Absolutely.
0: So. And look, I, you know, grew up in the fruit and veg shop business, so this time of the year was just flat-out mental. So, like, Christmas Day was a really special day, sitting down with all the family and just relaxing for you, coming from Sweden and then the Irish Christmas, like what Swedish traditions have you brought in to, to Christmas Day to enjoy with your family? Or how do you marry the two traditions and the cultures together?
1: Well, they are really very similar. I mean, we would use uh, a lot of local produce. So, uh, you know... The, we wouldn't have had clams and mussels, but we do in, include that now. But other things like Hasselbach's potatoes is just a, a way of, Jonsos stressed say potato dish with um, uh, anchovies and you know uh, kind of the, maybe it's also the uh, the um, table scaping, you know, the table setting like that kind of having a buffet. You know, that, that's something that I definitely brought very much from Sweden. Uh, we just had a lot of different dishes and small dishes uh, put together. And But, the, you know, we would have had ham as well for Christmas and we would have had, you know, apple, apple uh, stewed apples from our own apples and lingonberry uh, sauce, and but a lot of herring, pickled herring and the smoked eel, of course. And so, you know, it, it wouldn't be... Very far away from an Irish uh, dinner, I think. You know, potatoes, good potatoes. and um, But then, you know, when you're here, like the last few years now and again, I would maybe have go really luxuries and go, and I feel so rich actually when I get the fresh lobsters, you know. And um, that just adds, you know, just a little very special and a crab, you know. That is just incredible, beautifully uh, products to have on the again, a few bits on the uh, board and you can pick yourself what you like. So,
0: got it all sounds wonderful. And um, you mentioned there are all the different hampers and gifts that you have on the the website burnsmokehouse dot com. But we must give a special shout out to something new that you've launched this year, which is the subscription gift, which is brilliant for a gift for somebody that you might not know where they're going to be this Christmas because let's face it we're all up in the air and it's also a fantastic last minute gift if you've maybe forgotten to to get somebody something so tell us about the subscription that you're doing now from the smokehouse
1: yeah so that's a you know kind of a feeling of that the Christmas gift that's is keep going keeps coming so we, uh, you can get a three-month subscription. So every month, um, something is sent to, might be your elderly parents. And you want to make sure that they get some lovely food, and uh, or it could be your daughter or son out studying somewhere, or just a friend that you want to just have that kind of keep coming. So a few packs every so often coming to uh, you can put in the fridge, and you have it for for yourself or special occasion or whatever you know so that, that's actually been uh, turned out to be really popular and we'll be growing we'll be we have a new website coming up with better uh, kind of a functionalities on it that is coming out in February so that will be definitely part of of uh, what we're doing and vouchers is also something that we haven't really done previously but we're, we're starting to do and that's also really convenient and when it's like oh you know i forgot to get so and so and it's too late to ship or whatever but the voucher then is really really handy and um as you say you know if you don't know where you're going to be or that person going to be, give the voucher and um or a subscription so yeah no it's it's uh, you kind of have to come up with new ideas all the time and that's something that that is growing for us
0: Well, an absolutely fantastic idea. And if anybody does want to order product for delivery before Christmas, they have up until next week, Tuesday, the 14th of December. And after that, they can drop you an email or phone or go onto the website and set up the subscription then to to start after Christmas or get the voucher there. So they'll be spoiled for choice whenever they go onto the website, (laughs) (laughs) Brigitte. lovely to talk to you and to hear all about it I just love hearing that love story again and again and again I, I never get tired hearing it and I wish you Peter and all the family there a fantastic Christmas and I look forward to catching up with you in the new year
1: well thank you Sharon for giving me this opportunity it's always a pleasure to have a chat with you and also you know we have so much in common so it's lovely lovely to 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 chat about our our different experiences in life
0: as blow married to those very stubborn <laughs> Irish men. <laughs> You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste, I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break you heard the lovely chat I had with fellow blow-in Brigitte and curtain founder of the award winning Burren Smokehouse in Varna, County Clare. But if you're just tuning in now and you missed that, you might want to catch The Best Possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are also available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now last week on the program I spoke to Michael O'Neill from Fernhill House Hotel and Gardens in West Cork and one of the topics of discussion was the gin that they had created using botanicals from the gardens. Well tonight we're going to hear about a gin from Donegal thanks to Moff Liqueur Company founder Laura Bonner who is currently in sunny Barbados. Lucky Laura. I spoke to Laura last week so let's have a listen and keep an ear out for the birds tweeting in the background. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Laura, great to meet you over Zoom. A fellow Ulster woman, I believe, because you're from Donegal. And you're the owner of the Muff Liquor Company. Yes, I should. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm not a stranger to your products because I was very kindly gifted the Brian Teeny gift set earlier on this year by somebody that I had, had done a bit of work with. So let's go back to the beginning, Laura. You're from Donegal. And what's your, what's your background? This is a brand new business in terms of, it's not a family business that you've inherited.
2: Uh, well, my mum was a nurse uh, and my dad, uh, he had set up his own business. I actually come from a whole household of entrepreneurs, my two brothers and my sister, and they're much older than me. My eldest brother is 18 years older than me. So um, there's always a bit of pressure on since I always like, come out of the womb <laughs> to, to follow them in their footsteps. So, I'm very proud to say that I have. Um, I grew up in Greencastle, which is in Anishon, um, which is like maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes outside of Muff. Um, I studied law in school, went to the UK during the recession, um, worked in real estate, but like I've always wanted to do this since I was like 19. I had this mad notion when I was 19 that when I used to hear about uh, like Brandon making potching with his friends up in the mountains and like we used to always get to drink it on uh, St. Stephen's Day and Boxing Day. Just shot of it, and he used to soak it in brandy balls, and I used to be like, "How is this not like bottled up and sold across the world?" So I had this mad notion, but at nineteen and in um, my first year in law school, there just there was no way that I was ever going to do it. So I did everything that uh, my mostly guilt was gilded into. Um, went and did my career. I climbed the corporate ladder to as high as I possibly could in London. And even sitting in Shanghai, I was just miserable thinking, this is not what I want to do. So 12 years later, I actually took the plunge, left my job, packed up my apartment and moved back to Donegal to set up the company. That was four years ago. So we had two great years uh, pre-pandemic and we've had two really bad years.
0: The product was inspired by your grandfather. He used to make his own potching, was it?
2: Yeah, Philip MacLennan, he was a potato farmer. Um, like my granddad was like amazing. He ate... Loads of kids and even more grandkids, like we were like an absolute tribe. Um, but he had like really good ethics and like hard working and he was really good funny, was cheeky. So when we actually were coming up well, I had the idea of the company way before we actually sat down and did the brand and we were coming up with like like loads of different directions on what we were gonna do. And then eventually one night I was in London and I came home after a few nights or drinks out and I was like no like this is where let's go back to the roots of this here so I sent a really long email to my team like to my business partner and to the graphic designers and I was like look this is all be inspired by one man um and then they came back to me a few days later saying like let's let's put this all together for you and as soon as he did it I was like this is it this is absolutely perfect this is exactly what I want to do and, I think he'd be really proud. He died before I actually launched it, but um I have, a, I have a feeling now he'd be super happy with with myself.
0: And was he still alive whenever you started working on the business idea?
2: Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'd always told him that I wanted to do it, uh, but sure. For I think branded like you know he was he was a hard-working farmer. I think for him he just thought that I, I needed to be married or a wife or like at school like you know this, this setting up this alcohol business to him like it was just like it was never going to work um so yeah one time I went over to him and I was like I really want to do this and I sat down and I was taking all notes and stuff uh, and then he ended up saying I hey, will come in now and we'll show you but we we're in the kitchen and um I ended up just making him like making him this potatoes for his dinner so uh, he just didn't take it serious, but I'm sure he'll take it serious now. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And like all entrepreneurs, Laura, you make it sound like it was quite easy. You got the idea, you contacted a few people and voila, but there, there's always yeah. so much more goes on behind the scenes in terms of like financial investment, premises. Just tell us a bit more about all of those different steps that you had to go through. Yeah.
2: Like to be honest, I, I take my hat off to every entrepreneur, um, anybody who even has an idea who actually takes a step to do it. I mean, I applaud them immensely. Um, yeah, know, I had the idea. Um, I was really, really lucky. And like, that's just exactly what it was. My business partner, Tom, I actually was his uh, account manager for the UK. Um, his family have a, a huge property uh, company. So we worked together for maybe like eight years. Um, so became really good friends. And he kind of said to me one day, like, "I am sick listening to you like moan about this idea every time I'm speaking to you. You later pass something has like you know, uh, the legals or something didn't go through, or like, the name started to, or like expired, or just like certain things. And I was going backwards instead of going forwards. And then I got an email from him after my last trip in Shanghai with him, and he just said, like, "Whatever you're selling, like, we're buying." Um if you leave and and you actually leave and go home and do this like we'll back you and that's what he did so yeah very great so I even said to him I like do you have a business plan he's like we don't need one and um, he's like we, we know you so we know you're going to succeed so that was great um my I have my office is in my brother's uh, building so I'm also really lucky with that my whole plan is to build a distillery in Moth. I want a visiting center um I have the plans I know exactly what it's going to look like uh, we were going to plan to do it in, like, 2023. And that was, like, just even when Brexit was going on, we were like, what's going to happen with the border? Will we lose, like, 40% of tourism coming across? And then the pandemic's hit now. So, like, we are, like, literally, we feel like we're a startup again, even though we're going into year four. But I feel like it's, like, day dot has just started again.
0: Is it just the vodka that you do? It's Muff Vodka.
2: Uh, our first product we came out was uh, Muff Gin. That's probably our best seller. It's absolutely... I'm obviously biased, but it's absolutely amazing. Um, I'm out in um, Barbados here at the moment and drinking other spirits. I'm, I'm very, I really miss my own. Uh, we launched the vodka then in November after the, in the, fall of the first year, and then we took out our whiskey three and years three. Um, and now, when I was out in Barbados, I moved out here during the pandemic. Um, I came over in that welcome stamp, and my idea was to come over here and source sugar cane because Barbados has the best sugar cane in the world. And then when I got here, I was like, well, instead sourcing it, I probably should try to see if I can go make it. So um, that's exactly what we did. So hopefully next year we'll be able to launch that. It's going to be sitting in barrels now for a while until we get the funds to release the new product. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep going.
0: And along the way, you've collaborated with lots of really well-known people. Like I'm, I'm looking here at the, the Brian Teeny recipe that I was sent. So how did that collaboration with Big Brothers Brian Dowling come about?
2: um so every year well we've sorry every year well since we've started um the late 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 show obviously is a huge thing for ireland so we wanted to come up with a really nice cocktail box so we had like two cocktails for the parents and then you had like homemade hot chocolate for the kids and then they had a little santa note and we had this story so we wanted to send it to somebody who like loves the toy uh the late late show and uh brian darling on social media very much know that he loves it so we uh we just sent him a box um And he loved it. And then he contacted us afterwards saying, I got like, this is one of the best cocktails I've ever had. Um, I'd love to create one with you guys. So um, we said, sure, no problem. Um, We had a lot of fun with him. He's a great guy. Um, Him and Arthur are are wonderful people. So it was great. Um, Yeah, uh, that's basically it. It was literally just uh, pure luck.
0: And then more recently, Laura Whitmore has invested in the company. And how did that come about?
2: So I met Laura, I honestly, we were talking about the other day, like how, I, when we finally got to announce it, I think like it was nearly like over 18 months ago, uh, we had met, we both um, support the London Irish Charity in London, um, so we were both at a lunch, and we met um, during that, so Ian, uh, her husband, who's a comedian, he had um, betted or bedded it, sorry, on the muff liquor hamper that we had given so when I was sitting watching him like do that, I messaged him on Instagram saying, you know, put your sterling uh, with your more or whatever. So he stood up kind of looking around and said, like, who who is writing to me? So I went over and spoke to him. Then I spoke to her. and We got on really, really well. And then we had started the whole negotiations of like how we could we work together. And it was all going to be like a, like a partnership or, or a collab that, you know, she was just going to just do a few posts. And then every time I seem to like look at the and the news, there was like another male celebrity who's now bought into an alcohol company. And I was watching this, and I was like Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and David Beckham and George Clooney, and like these guys were just coming in and like blowing them up. So I was like, I want this. Like, I want to have a celebrity in mind. But I didn't want a man. And I wanted an Irish woman. So when I met her, I was looking at her and I was talking to her. And I was like, oh, my God, you are exactly who I've been manifesting. So uh, we stayed in touch. Then our uh, negotiations all came to a halt. And then I found out she was expecting. And she said, "Okay, oh, look, can we take this back up next next July? Uh, I said, no problem. Um, I had it in my diary to ring her on the 15th. And they contacted me on the 8th. And that was it. So we were back on track. Um, I'm really excited. I really like her. She's she's great. Um, I think she's exactly the kind of person I want to be representing the company. So it's great. We're really excited to have her on board. I think that's
0: fantastic that you wanted a woman and an Irish woman, although I feel I would have had great difficulty passing up George Clooney if he hadn't been available. <laughs> well, you know,
2: I, I don't tell Laura, but I probably would have dumped her too if I had George.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody would blame you for that at all. And you talked about that was what you were totally manifesting there you know, there's a lot of people in business that are all about visualization and picturing what you want and going for it and it will happen. And I I feel from what you've told us so far that that has been very much part of your, your journey. You visualize these things and, you know, okay, sometimes there is a lot of work has to be done. You have to email, you have to make contact, you have to network. But at the same time, a lot of your success has happened because it's just meant to be for you oh
2: 100 um i've always like the manifesting and like the self-belief and like the meditating like it's been kind of drilled to me since i was probably since i was like 19 like i started doing recce and and just really like being aware of myself and and energies and stuff like this and like my whole team sometimes like i'm a little bit wacky that i could go into an office like oh somebody's having an off day, like hey, I need you to go work from home. Like you're not in trouble. You're more than welcome in tomorrow. But you know, like one bad week can like can ruin like a a field or whatever. That's that saying is the manifesting and the meditating stuff is a huge part of my life. Um, I do a lot of um like plant medicine works and stuff like this. I think it's really important just to bring yourself back. But then again, like it's just it's totally believing in yourself. Like that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Manifest every day.
0: That's brilliant, and I think a lot of young entrepreneurs in particular female entrepreneurs could could certainly learn a lot from you and what you've said there and i'm a big advocate for collaboration and networking and if you don't ask you don't get and it often is not what you know it's who you know and being able to ask the right person that's my motto my
2: whole entire life and people to laugh me now people are like oh i kind of see what you mean now uh, but the worst is the thing is, like, reach out and ask people. The worst people are going to say is no. Like, I do a lot of mentoring for startups. So, like, people write to me all the time. I do probably one once a month, and I have done since I've started. Because my whole thing was, like, so many people were so good to help me, and they wanted nothing forward other than they wanted me to see me succeed. And they didn't know me. So, like, that was always something that kind of really stuck to me, where I was like, I'm going to pay it forward. and I stuck by my word. So... I, I wish I had a me four years ago when I started because what I, when I say, when you talked about earlier on, when you have a, an entrepreneur, you've got an idea and then you make it happen. I mean, there was days where I sat going, I don't actually know what the next step is meant to be in order for me to make this work. Like I, I just didn't know. And then you would have a convers- one conversation with somebody and I'm like, ah, that's what I'm meant to be doing. So then I wrote it all down. So um, like I had a young guy come to see me in my house just before I left and we sat down and I was like, well, tell me what it is. And I said, I'm like, this is a safe space. There's no stupid questions. Make sure you get as much information out of me now while we're sitting here. Um, and it was incredible. And the growth that he has done in those like few weeks is amazing. Like, I'm so proud of him. But And I said to him, he was like, well, can I, like, can I do anything for you? And I was like, no. I was like, when you're in my position, I want you to do the same. And I said, like, that's how we're going to pay it forward. So I think that's important.
0: Absolutely. To finish off, then Laura, of course, the burning question is: where can people get their hands on products from the Muff Liquor Company?
2: So in Ireland, um, the pandemic was a real like eye opener for us to realise that we actually hadn't, we, we didn't have a very strong presence in in Ireland. We had a strong presence in like multiple countries around the world, but not on our own home turf. So we spent the pandemic working extremely hard in order to get them to fix that problem. And I'm delighted to say that we have. So uh, we're rolling out, through, out of the island of Ireland through Musgraves. Um, now, Republic of Ireland has already started, but the Northern Ireland should be um, in the year from February. So that's all of the centres and super values. We're in an awful lot of independent stores now anyway, um, and then online um, through our own, our own website and like multiple loads of websites out of us. So hopefully, we're in most bars, but obviously bars have been closed. A lot of people haven't actually been able to try it. We're hopefully, please God, next year. It's going to be um, a new new chapter for us.
0: Well, for anybody listening then, just to let them know, keep their eye out for it in their their local pub, hotel, wherever they are out and about at, if, if, if circumstances allow over the Christmas period. And obviously then if they're doing their Christmas shopping, to keep an eye out. It and all those places that you you've mentioned that stalk it and Laura, it's been lovely to talk to you. I'm very jealous now, looking at that sunny background behind you. But you're you're coming home from Barbados shortly, and you're going to stay in Ireland.
2: We're planning a UK launch on our fourth birthday for Laura, so um, hopefully, we're not going to be in a lockdown by then. So I'm going to come home now for Christmas um my niece just had a baby so I'm very excited to get home just to, to meet him um spend home at Christmas and then we'll wait and see what the end of February takes us in for new opportunities but yeah I love to travel and I'm, I'm really grateful that the company allows me to do it so
0: who knows amazing well listen it's been brilliant to talk to you today congratulations Thanks. on everything you've achieved to date and continued you, success
2: thank you so much I really appreciate it Um, if anybody does want to check us out our website is www.themufflickercompany.com and and then we're across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter um, at Mufflicker Co.
0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM back to the best possible taste I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we heard all about the Muff Liqueur Company from its founder Laura Bonner and earlier on in the show I shared the lovely chat I had with fellow blow-in Birgitta and Curtin, founder of the Burrens Smokehouse in Listonvarna County Clare If you're just tuning in now and you missed any of that, you can catch up on The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now, before we finish up tonight, a huge congratulations to the team at the Michelin-starred Oak Room Restaurant at Adair Manor who are celebrating being named Ireland's best hotel restaurant 2021 at the World Culinary Awards and that was announced last week and the inaugural World Culinary Awards were launched in 2020 and they aim to celebrate and reward the excellence in the culinary industry through an annual awards programme. And the awards are a sister event, the World Travel Awards and World Golf Awards, both of which Adair Manor has won on numerous occasions. And as many of us locally know, they are no stranger to awards. And that award comes after the tack Room won Best Cocktail Experience of the Year at the Food and Wine Awards last month, highlighting once more the elevated culinary experience that each guest can expect when they visit the stunning resort which is just down the road from the studios here in Newcastle West and let me say I did have the pleasure of visiting Adair Manor a few weeks ago and had a magnificent dining experience in the Oak Room so I can personally highly recommend it and that's all we have time for tonight thanks for listening and to my guests Brigitte Hedden-Curtain and Laura Bonner until next week when Ron Forrestal from Forrestal Wine Merchants will have details about what wines we all need to stock up on for Christmas and Serena O'Reilly has advice about how to cater for a non-meat eating guest. Bon Appetit! (laughs)